ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله amma ba'd today's section then is going to talk about the belief in the day of judgment and some of the things that happen to a person after he dies because everything that happens after death is part of the iman in the day of judgment everything that happens after death is part of the iman in the day of judgment in the afterlife so today's topic is going to begin with that and then specifically it is going to be about the angels al munkar wan nakir and the questioning in the grave so to begin with belief in the last day al imanu bil yawm al akhir it is one of the pillars of iman and it is obligatory to have iman in the resurrection and the afterlife a person who does not have iman in that is a kafir you must have iman in the resurrection and the afterlife and all of that which will occur and this is mentioned as an example in the hadith of umar رضي الله عنه في قصة مجيء جبريل عليه السلام إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم There is a famous hadith where the angel Jibreel came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and in that hadith when the Prophet was asked about Iman when Jibreel said, Akhbirni anil iman, tell me about iman, inform me about iman. The Prophet ﷺ told him, Iman is to believe in Allah and to believe in his angels and to believe in his books and in his messengers and in the day of judgment and in the decree six parts to iman the six pillars of iman iman in allah in his angels in his books in his messengers in the day of judgment and in the decree so belief in the day of judgment 
is one of the pillars of Iman. A person cannot reject the belief in the day of judgment, in the resurrection. Anyone who does has committed kufr. فَالْإِيمَانُ بِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ هُوَ أَحَدُ أَرْكَانِ الْإِيمَانِ مَنْ أَنْكَرَهُ كَفَرَ فَمَنْ قَالْ إِنَّهُ لَا يُوجَدُ بَعْثِ وَإِنَّمَا هِيَ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا فَحَسْبُ فَهَذَا كَافِرٌ لِأَنَّهُ مُكَذِّبٌ لِلَّهِ وَلِرَسُولِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَلِإِجْمَاعِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَلِمَا هُوَ مَعْلُومٌ مِنَ الدِّينِ بِالضُّرُورَةِ So if a person was to say that there is no such thing as a resurrection, if a person was to say that there is no such thing as a resurrection, and it is only this life in this world that exists, then that person would be a disbeliever, a non-Muslim, a person who claims that there is no resurrection, and it is only this life in this world that exists, then he is a kafir, because he is rejecting what Allah has told us in the Qur'an, what has Allah told us in the Qur'an? That there is going to be a resurrection and there is an afterlife. So if a person rejects that, he's rejecting parts of the Qur'an. And similarly, he will be rejecting the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ because he also told us in the Sunnah, in the authentic Hadith that there is a resurrection and there is an afterlife and the person would also be going against the consensus of the Muslims the consensus, the agreement of all of the Muslims that there is a resurrection and an afterlife. So anybody who rejects that and says it's only this life in this world that exists. When you die, that's it, nothing happens. Anybody who believes that is not a Muslim, is a kafir. فَلَا شَكَّ فِي كُفْرِ مَنْ أَنْكَرَ الْبَعْثَ وَالنُّجُورِ So there is no doubt about the disbelief of a person who rejects the resurrection. As Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, زَعَمَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَلَّنْ يُبْعَثُوا Those who disbelieved, they claimed upon their lies that they will not be resurrected. قُلْ بَلَى وَرَبِّي لَتُبْعَثُنَّ Say rather, by my Lord, you will certainly be resurrected. And then you will be made aware of what you did. Then you will be made aware and informed of what you did.
And that is something easy upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah tells us in this ayah that the disbelievers, they claim upon their lies that they are not going to be resurrected. But then Allah says, by my Lord, that you will certainly, you will certainly be resurrected. Allah tells the messenger, say to them, by my Lord, you will certainly be resurrected. And then you will be told of what you used to do. And that is easy upon Allah. In another ayah in the Quran, Allah tells us, وَقَالُوا إِنْ هِيَ إِلَّا حَيَاتُنَا الدُّنْيَا وَمَا نَحْنُ بِمَبْعُوثِينَ they said it is only it is only this life of the world for us there is only this life of this world and we are not going to be resurrected that's what they claimed that's what they claimed in another ayah waqalu ma hiya illa hayatuna dunya namutu wa nahya وَمَا يُهْلِكُنَا إِلَّا الدَّهْرِ They said that it's only this worldly life. It's only this life we have here. We die, we live, and nothing destroys us except time. They said it is just about time. When you get old, then eventually you just die. Your time runs out. Time passes by. You get older and older and eventually you just die one day and that's it. You've lived your life in this world. There is nothing else after that. That's what they claimed. That's what the disbelievers claimed. And Allah tells us that this is false. This was their claim. But rather Allah will resurrect all of the people and there will be the accountability and there will be that resurrection. Hakada maqalatul kuffari qadiman wa haditha yunkirun al ba'ath wa laysa lahum hujjah illa annahum yakulun this is what the disbelievers have said historically and now. They say it's only this world and this life. After that you turn to dust and there's nothing else. That's what they say. And they have no evidence for that except to say, كَيْفَ يُبْعَثُ النَّاسُ إِذَا مَاتُوا وَصَارُوا تُرَابًا هذا مستحيل. They say, how are people going to be resurrected after they die and they become dust? They die and they become dust and their bodies disappear into the soil, gone. How will they be resurrected, they say? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as mentioned in the previous ayah, when he said, قُلْ بَلَى وَرَبِّي لَتُبْعَثُنَّ ثُمَّ لَتُنَبَّأُنَّ بِمَا عَمِلْتُمْ وَذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرٌ 
it is easy upon Allah, easy upon Allah to resurrect the people, to raise them up from the ground once again, even after their bodies have turned to dust gone into the ground nothing left of them it is easy upon allah to resurrect them and bring them back so that resurrection will certainly occur also if there was no resurrection if there was no afterlife that would mean that the point of this life is useless it would mean that there is no point to this life if there was no afterlife. Why? Because as the Shaykh says here, If there was no accountability to be done afterwards, the righteous to get rewarded upon their goodness, the evil to be punished upon their evil. If none of that existed, then this life would be useless. What's the point of doing good deeds then if there is no reward for them in the end? And what harm is there for you to do evil if there is no punishment in the end? There would be no purpose, no objective, no goal behind this life of doing the righteous deeds and the goodness. How can it be that the people are going to do all of their righteous actions and others are going to do their evil actions and in the end they are all just going to die with no consequence whatsoever on anything. They are just going to be left to die and that's it. The ones who did righteousness, nothing. The ones who did evil or bad, nothing. They just die and that's it. How can that be? That cannot be. That would mean that this life has no purpose to it. If there is no reward, upon your good deeds and there is no punishment upon the evil then that would mean the life here has no objective and so Allah tells us in the Quran do you think that we created you just for no purpose or no real reason do you think we created you for no goal or objective? Abathan, وَأَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْنَا لَا تُرْجَعُونَ And you think that you are not going to return back to us? Do you think we have created you just like that for no real reason? And that you're not going to return back to us? Certainly the answer here is that it cannot be. It cannot be that you think We've been created just like that for no reason and that we are not going to return to Allah. Certainly we've been created for a reason and we will return back to Allah. Ta'ala Allahu an hadha fallahu jalla wa ala la budda an yab'atha al-nas wa yumayyiza al-mu'minina min al-kuffar wa yujazi al-mu'mina bi-imanihi 
وَيُجَازِيَ الْكَافِرَ بِكُفْرِهِ So there is no doubt in it. Allah will resurrect all of the people and bring them back to life again. And then Allah will separate, distinguish between the believers and the non-believers. And Allah will reward the believers for their iman in this world. And Allah will punish the disbelievers for their kufr, their disbelief in this world. ثُمَّ إِنَّ اللَّهَ هَدَّدَ الْكُفَّارَ وَالْمُشْرِكِينَ وَالْعُصَاهِ بِأَنَّهُمْ سَيَرْجِعُونَ إِلَى رَبِّهِمْ وَيُحَاسَبُونَ وَيُجَازُونَ فَدَلَّ عَلَى أَنَّ الْبَعْثَ لَا بُدَّ مِنْهُ وَأَنَّهُ كَائِنٌ لَا مَحَالَهُ والدنيا دار عمل والآخرة دار جزاء هذه حكمة الله سبحانه وتعالى and in the Quran you will see examples where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threatens the disbelievers and the wrongdoers and the sinners threatens them that you are going to return to him, to Allah and you're going to be held accountable upon the actions and the deeds that you did. So there is no doubt that the resurrection will occur and that the people will be brought back to life once again and their accountability will happen. So this is one of the pillars of Iman. And the purpose of Iman is that you have Iman in the unseen. You have Iman in the unseen. Something that everyone can see, then everybody will believe in it. Everybody will believe in it if it is something you can physically see. But those things that cannot be seen, they are from the unseen. That's where the real test of Iman is. So a person must have this understanding and sound belief regarding the resurrection that will occur. That there will come a day of judgment when Allah will raise up all of the people once again from the first of them to the last of them, and everybody's accountability will occur on that day. So that is the background to the chapter that we are on now. The author here speaks about something specific about the events that happen after death. When a person dies, then there is something known as fitnatul qabr that occurs. There is something known as the trial of the grave that occurs. The trial of the grave. And that is when the angels, they come to a person and they test him. They come to a person and they test that person by asking him certain questions. And so the two angels are known as Al-Munkar 
and an-nakir and that's what he mentions in this line here wala tunkiranna jahlan nakiran wa munkara do not upon your ignorance or lack of seeing them do not reject al-nakir and al-munkar and these are the names of the two angels that will come to every person after he dies to test him to ask the three questions and what are the three questions that every person is going to be asked after they die the first one is who is your lord the first question that is asked after a person dies when the angels come to him is man rabbuka who is your lord and the second question they ask is what is your religion wama dinuka and the third one is who is your prophet those are the three questions and there may be others too but those are the three mentioned who is your lord what is your religion and who is your prophet so do not forget those three questions they are the three questions of the trial of the grave when a person dies and it is known as fitnatul qabr the trial of the grave because when the two angels they come to the person and they come in a black and blue appearance in a hadith it mentions that the angels they come in a black and blue appearance there is no more detail than that some of the scholars they made ishtihad they said maybe maybe the angels will be in a black dark appearance and their eyes will be bright blue to give that frightful appearance to them when they come to a person but that is from the ijtihad of the scholars the hadith mentions they will be black and blue in their appearance when they come to the person for the trial of the grave so what is the evidence that the trial of the grave happens that when a person dies the angels come and they question that person about his belief in Allah and the religion and the prophet one of the evidences is in the Quran itself when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said يُثَبِّتُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالْقَوْلِ الثَّابِتِ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make firm the believers in this worldly life and in the afterlife with an upright statement. The believers will be kept strong with an upright and correct statement in this world and in the afterlife 
It is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ said that the meaning of this ayah is that the believers will be kept firm with their answers in the fitnatul qabr. And that's in a hadith. وَقَدْ فَسَّرَهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِفِتْنَةِ الْقَبْرِ روى البخاري في صحيحه عن البراء بن عازب أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا أقعد المؤمن في قبره أتى ثم شهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله فذلك قوله يثبت الله الذين آمنوا بالقول الثابت حدثنا محمد بن بشار قال حدثنا غندر قال حدثنا شعبة بهذا وزاد يثبت الله الذين آمنوا نزلت في عذاب القبر So there are narrations here from the Prophet وسلم, explaining that this verse in the Quran this ayah in the Quran where Allah tells us the believers will be kept firm with an upright statement in this world and in the afterlife. That the afterlife part is talking about the trial of the grave when the angels come to question them, they will be kept firm and to give the correct and upright answers. And there are multiple hadith about the fitnatul qabr. There are many, many hadith. It's not just one. Multiple narrations from multiple companions regarding the trial of the grave. So with regards to this trial which occurs to the people. With regards to this trial which occurs to the people in their graves. First thing to mention is, what if someone dies and they are not buried? Then do they still get the trial of the grave? This is known as fitnatul qabr, the trial of the grave. So if somebody died but wasn't buried, then do they still get the trial of the grave? Because they never went into a grave. But no, but here, will they still get the questioning in the grave? Will the angels still come to them and question them? Even if they're not in a grave? Yes? You think yes? So the answer is yes. That even if a person isn't buried, then the angels will still come to that individual and the test will still occur. It is only known as fitnatul qabr because the majority of the people, they are buried. But otherwise, anyone who dies, then the trial of the grave occurs. Another question here, هل فتنة القبر للأمم كلها أم لهذه الأمة فقط? Is the trial of the grave 
something which happens to all of the people even before the Prophet Muhammad or is it only for this Muslim nation, the Prophet Muhammad and all of the Muslims that came afterwards, the Ummah of Muhammad or even before them, the people who were alive at the time of Ibrahim, at the time of Musa, the time of Isa, time of Nuh, are all of them going to get the questioning or is this something specific to this Ummah, the Ummah of Muhammad all of it mm-hmm. so al-jawab hiya lil-umami kulliha khilafan li-abi abdillah muhammad ibn aliya tirmadhi sahib nawadir al-usul fi ahadith al-rusul wahada laysa abu isa tirmadhi sahib al-sunan so there is one scholar and maybe a few others who mentioned that this is only for this ummah but actually the correct answer is the trial of the grave occurs for all of the people and in the older people when they are asked who is your prophet Muhammad hadn't even come yet so they are going to answer with the name of their own prophet Ibrahim, Musa, Isa, Nuh, whichever one it was whichever person that is from whichever ummah, then they will answer with their name of their prophet. Who is your Lord? That's always the same answer. What is your religion? That is always the same answer. Because all of the prophets and messengers, their religion was the religion of Tawheed. The religion of Tawheed is all of them the same. And then who is your prophet? They will just mention their prophet from their ummah. So that's the first part there. Is it all of the nations who are questioned or is it only this nation that is questioned? The answer is all of the nations are questioned. The second point is there are certain people who do not get the questioning of the grave. There are certain people who do not. There are certain types of Muslims, certain types of believers who will not get this trial of the grave. So who are they? A sinful awwal. Okay, we'll get to that in a moment. The messengers, that's the first one. The prophets and messengers, a sinful awwal. الأنبياء عليهم الصلاة والسلام وذلك لأمرين and there are two reasons that we could use as an explanation to highlight why the prophets and messengers are exempt from the trial of the grave what could one reason be? exactly one of the questions is who is your prophet? But if that person was the prophet himself, then it doesn't make sense to ask him who was your prophet. He was the prophet. So some scholars said this would seem to indicate the prophets don't get the trial of the grave because that question isn't applicable to them. They are the prophets themselves. So that is possibly one reason. 
للأنبياء نعم أن النبي يسأل قومه عنه فكيف يكون هو مسؤولا The prophets their people are asked the question who was your prophet and then they mention the name of their prophet but how would it make sense to ask the prophet himself who was your prophet when he is the prophet himself anyway so that is one reason the scholars have mentioned it doesn't seem to be applicable for the trial of the grave to occur to the prophets and the messengers and on top of that even the other questions who is your lord and your religion the prophets and messengers were given all of that as revelation from Allah to them. Of course, these questions are no problem. They are the ones given the revelation about all the religion and tawheed and the, uh, uh, to spread that religion. So some of the scholars have mentioned this would seem to indicate the prophets and messengers are exempt. There is another reason. And the other reason is because the martyrs are the martyrs exempt they are exempt too and if the martyrs are exempt those who died fighting for the sake of Allah in the path of Allah if they are exempt then surely the prophets must be exempt because who is higher the martyrs or the prophets the prophets are higher so if the martyrs are exempt, the prophets must be exempt. So that's the other reason. So those are the two reasons. One, because the prophets wouldn't be asked the question, who is your prophet? He is the prophet. And secondly, because the martyrs are exempt. And if they are exempt, the prophets must be exempt because they are higher up in level than the martyrs. So now the obvious question is we need a proof that the martyrs are actually exempt. And the martyrs, those who died in the path of Allah, fighting in the path of Allah, there is a hadith and this is a sinfuthani, a shuhada. ففي الحديث أن رجلا قال يا رسول الله ما بال المؤمنين يفتنون في قبورهم إلا الشهيد. A man came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and said to him, O Messenger of Allah, how is it that the believers are all tested in their graves except for the martyr? How come? All of the believers are tested in their graves except for the martyr. So the Prophet said, قال, It is enough that the swords they struck upon him as a trial. When he was fighting in the path of Allah and the swords one sword hitting another sword, a sword upon him. The swords came upon him and he died in the path of Allah. That is enough of a test for that person. That he did that and died for the sake of Allah, that's enough of a test for that person. So he is exempt from this test in the grave afterwards. So the prophets and messengers are exempt and this hadith 
in Sunan An-Nasai highlights that the martyrs are also exempt because the man came and asked the Prophet, how come they are exempt? The Prophet said, because of the swords clanging, clashing upon their heads, then that is enough of a fitna for them, they are exempt then. So, the third category, a sinful thalith. Man mata murabitan fi sabilillah. The one who dies guarding the boundaries of the lands. You have your land and then especially in the olden days where the border is where the border is for your land, for your country, for your area, they might have some tall towers. And then you have guards watching to see if any enemies are going to come. If any enemies did come and they attacked, who would be the first people to die? Those guards who are guarding on the boundaries, on the borders, if any enemies are coming. So it's mentioned in the hadith, they are also exempt. The ones who do that. ففي حديث سلمان أنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول رباط يوم وليلة خير من صيام شهر وقيامه وإن ما تجرى عليه عمله الذي كان يعمله وأجري عليه رزقه وأمن الفتان The last part of the hadith where it says that person will be safeguarded from the ones who conduct the trial. Who are the ones who conduct the trial? The two angels, Al-Munkar and Nakir, that he will be exempt and saved from that. So that is the third category. As-Sin Rabi'ah, the fourth category. And this one, there is maybe some ikhtilaf, some difference of opinion, but the fourth category, some of the scholars have mentioned, مَنْ مَاتَ يَوْمَ الْجُمْعَةِ أَوْ لَيْلَتِهَا مَنْ مَاتَ يَوْمَ الْجُمْعَةِ أَوْ لَيْلَتِهَا ففي الحديث أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من ما من مسلم يموت يوم الجمعة أو ليلة الجمعة إلا وقاه الله فتنة القبر There is a hadith where the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said there is not any Muslim who dies on a Friday or the night of Friday, which means Thursday night. The night of Friday comes before the day of Friday. Islamically, when you say the night, it comes before the day. So right now, Islamically, is it Thursday night or is it Friday night? Friday night, because the night comes before the day. In English, how you think of it now, now you say today is Thursday night, but really Islamically after Maghrib, it's Friday night. So right now it's Friday night. So the hadith says whoever dies, any Muslim who dies on Friday day or Friday night, then Allah will protect him from the punishment of the grave. This hadith is in Sunan At-Tirmidhi, وَقَالَ التِّرْمِذِي هَذَا حَدِيثٌ غَرِيبٌ وَهَذَا حَدِيثٌ لَيْسَ إِسْنَادُهُ بِمُتَّصِلٌ رَبِيعَ إِبْنْ سَيْفِ إِنَّمَا يَرْوِي عَنْ أَبِي عَبْدِ الرَّحْمَنِ He mentions a chain of narration 
and why there's a problem. But wal hadith bi majmu'i turuqihi hasanun aw sahih kama qala al-shaykh al-albani fi ahkam al-janais. So the hadith does have some issues in the chain of narration and the connectivity, the ittisal in the chain of narration. But when you gather together all of the chains of narration for this hadith, because a hadith may have lots of different chains of narration. When you gather together all of those different chains of narration, then the hadith, it passes the level of authenticity. And so that is the ruling that Ash-Shaykh al-Albani concluded that the narration is authentic by combining the majmu'i all of the different chains of narration when they are combined, then it pushes the hadith into the levels of authentic. So upon that basis, this would be the fourth category of people, the ones who die on a Friday or Friday night. A sinful khamis, the fifth category of people. Man la taklifa alayhi kasagheer wal majnoon. And even this, there is ikhtilaf. But here, some of the opinions of the scholars are that the one who is غير مكلف That means, Islamically, a child, does he have to do all of the acts of worship and everything? What age does a child have to start doing all of the acts of worship and praying five times a day. When do you have to start doing that? After puberty. Age 10. Seven. How old are you? 10. Age of discernment. All right, 15. So the age of puberty. We mentioned this last time, the age of puberty, and that is either when the hair starts to grow on the private areas, or when the, the discharge occurs from the private areas, the seminal discharge, or when a person reaches 15. But sometimes a person may not reach 15, he may get the... Uh, the hair on the private areas, once you get that hair on the private areas, then that means you are age of puberty. You now have to start praying five times a day. You have to start doing all of the acts of worship. But before that age of puberty, you're supposed to practice and start doing it. But do you have to? Are you a sinner if you don't? Not that age. That's one of the categories the scholars mentioned. If you're below that age, so a young child, below that age of puberty, then you will not be given this trial of the grave. And the other one, al-majnoon. The majnoon is the person who doesn't have his mental faculties. He is mentally disabled he doesn't understand what's going on around him somebody who doesn't have any understanding of what is happening and what is going on he doesn't have his mental faculties doesn't understand anything 
He doesn't, he's not aware of his surroundings of what is worship, what is not. Then that type of person would not be given the trial of the grave either. Because that type of person, is it obligatory upon him to do worship? No, if he doesn't have his mind, some people are grown up adults and their minds don't function, they don't work. So those kinds of people are exempt as well. Ala sahih. And there are evidences to indicate otherwise. If we can remind the girls at the back, the girls at the back to try and be as quiet as possible, the young girls, to try and be as quiet as possible. So then, the next question. Right now we've mentioned there are five categories of people that are exempt. And some of them have some differences over them. Like the Friday one, some scholars may say the hadith is not authentic maybe. Uh, and the young person and the majnoon, there is some difference about that too. But these are the five that generally are exempt. The next question is, Halil kafir yuftan? The disbelievers, a person who dies as a kafir, will he get the trial of the grave as well or not? Yes? Yes? Yes. So, Halil Kafir Yuftanu fi Qabrihi Ikhtulifa or Ikhtulifa fil Kafir. Fadahaba al Jumhur ila annahu. There is a difference about a disbeliever. There is a difference between the scholars. And the majority, the jumhur of the scholars, they say what? Yes? The, the, uh, the, the questions. No, no, the punishment. This is just the trial of the grave. We'll do that next time. This is just the trial of the grave. So the trial of the grave, will the kafir get it or not? There's a difference of opinion. The majority, al-jumhur, they say, annahu yuftanu, that he will be given the trial of the grave. وَذَهَبَ بَعْضُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ مِنْهُمْ إِبْنُ عَبْدِ الْبَرْ وَالسُّيُوطِ إِلَىٰ أَنَّ الْكَافِرَ الظَّاهِرَ لَا يُفْتَنْ بِخِلَافِ الْمُنَافِقِ There are some scholars who said, that an open kafir, clear kafir, dies upon kufr, won't be tested. Because his affair is completely clear. He is a kafir. So, no point really, who is your Lord, what is your religion, who is your... He's a kafir, kafir, finished. Nothing to test about him. Clear kafir, died upon kufr, nothing to test about him, he's kafir. But the munafiq, the hypocrites who pretended to be Muslims but they were actually in their hearts kafir, they didn't believe then some of the scholars said those munafiqoon will be tested because then their reality will come out so that is what some of them said but uh, the majority of the scholars say all of the kuffar will be tested So that narration as well, there's a hadith that talks about when a person is tested and he says, ha, ha, when he starts to stutter and he can't get an answer out and he says, 
I heard the people, they used to say something, I don't know, I don't know, la adri, la adri. Then the majority of the scholars will say it is talking about a normal kafir. That's why the majority of the scholars have their opinion. But the others who have the other one, then maybe they'll say it could be, it could be uh, even from the Muslims who are weak, or it could be from the munafiqun it's talking about. And in general, that would be for the munafiqun then, according to their opinion. So, that is the opinions regarding that. And the correct opinion there is the statement of the majority of the scholars that everybody will be tested. Then also, the two angels that are going to do the trial of the grave we've been speaking about them here their names have been mentioned in a hadith and their description has been mentioned in a hadith in At-Tirmidhi Sunan At-Tirmidhi hadith that Ashaykh Al-Bani says is Hassan where it says that when the mayyit, the dead person, is put into the grave, atahu malakani aswadani azraqani yuqalu li ahadihima al-munkar walil-akhar al-nakir. That when a person is buried into the grave, then the two angels come black and blue. That's what the narration says. Two angels, black and blue in appearance. They come and one of them is called Al-Munkar and the other one is called Al-Nakir. The fifth thing or the uh, final thing to mention here is that we know all of us have a soul. There is a soul within us. We do not know what that soul is, how it is, but we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a soul within us all. And when you die, that is basically your soul leaving you. A person dies, it is the soul leaving him. But there is a issue here the long hadith we didn't mention it about the soul and the body the connection between the soul and the body Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala said that the soul is connected to the body in different ways, five different ways. The soul, it is connected to the body in five different ways. The first way, the khamsatu anwa' min ta'alluq, the five types of the connection between the soul and the body, أَحَدُهَا تَعَلُّقُهَا بِهِ فِي بَطْنِ الْأُمِّ جَنِينًا The connection of the soul to the body in the womb of the mother. When the baby, the soul is blown into it. When the soul is blown into the baby, when the baby is still in the womb of the mother, that's the first connection 
between the soul and that person. الثاني تعلقها به بعد خروجه إلى وجه الأرض. The connection of the soul to the person after the person is born and therefore living on this earth. The connection of the soul to that person whilst you are alive on this earth, the soul is with you. Thirdly, a thalith, ta'allukuha bihi fi halin The connection of the soul to the person whilst you are sleeping. Whilst you are sleeping. فَلَهَا بِهِ تَعَلُّقْ مِنْ وَجْهِ وَمُفَارَقَهِ مِنْ وَجْهِ When a person is sleeping, it mentions in the hadith that your soul exits from you. So in a way, there is a disconnection between your soul and your body when you're asleep. But at the same time, the connection remains because the absolute disconnect is when a person dies. When you're asleep, it's only known as the minor death. The minor death because the soul has kind of disconnected from you whilst you are asleep. But not completely because it returns back to you unless Allah decrees that the person is to die and the soul does not return back to him. الرابع تعلقها به في البرزخ The connection of the soul to the person in the life of the grave in the life of the grave and that is the fourth type of connection that occurs between the person's soul and that particular individual and the fifth al-khamis ta'alluquha bihi yawma ba'ath al-ajsad wa huwa akmal anwa'i ta'alluquha bil-badn and that is the most complete connection of the soul to the body because thereafter there is no more death in the afterlife, when the people are brought back to life and resurrected, then after that, there is no more death. So that is the most complete form of the connection between the soul and the body. So here, when the author is saying... When the author is saying, وَلَا تُنْكِرَنَّ وَلَا تَنْكُرْنَّ Do not reject al-munkar wal-nakir upon your ignorance. Do not reject them upon your ignorance or upon your lack of seeing them, that they certainly exist. Al-Sheikh Al-Fawzan says, إِنْ قَالَ قَائِلْ كيف جاء إليه في قبره ونحن لا نراهم That how do the angels come to a person after you bury him and you don't see them? People say we can put a camera into the grave when we bury a person. We'll put a camera down in there and bring the wire up to the top and then we'll see what's happening in the grave. Will they see anything? 
Will they see the angels coming to that person? No. Because these things, they happen, but they are from the unseen to us. They are a different thing which we do not see. And it happens, but we do not see it. So you cannot say that put a camera in there, bury every, that person, put the soil on them, finish their grave, and then the camera will be in there, we'll see what's happening down there. You will not see anything. Because the angels, they come to that person, it is from the unseen فَاللَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ وَأَنْتَ فَقَدْ غُيِّبَتْ عَنْكَ كَثِيرٌ مِنَ الْأُمُورِ فَالْمَلَكَانِ يَأْتِيَانِ وَأَنْتَ لَا تَرَاهُمَا So the angels, they come to that person, but you do not see that particular person. So they come and they ask that particular person those questions. And Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, أَمَّا الْمُنَافِقُ وَالْمُرْتَابُ الذي عاش على الشك في الدنيا فإنه يموت على الشك فإذا سألاه وقال من ربك قال لا أدري وما دينك قال لا أدري سمعت الناس يقولون شيئا فقلته ومن نبيك قال لا أدري The sheikh says the munafiqun the hypocrites and those who died with doubts doubt filled in their hearts then they are the ones when they are asked, who is your Lord and your religion and your prophet? They'll say, I don't know. We heard the people saying something. We said it. I don't know. I don't know. They are the munafiqoon and those who die with doubt in their hearts. So, لِأَنَّهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا لَمْ يُؤْمِنْ بِقَلْبِهِ وَإِنَّمَا تَكَلَّمَ بِلِسَانِهِ The munafiqoon didn't really believe in it. They only uh, said what the people were saying just to pretend so then, after the trial of the grave occurs, that's when the punishment or blessings of the grave occur. And that is what we'll discuss from the next time, insha'Allah ta'ala, about the punishment of the grave and the blessings of the grave that occur. Today's session then was regarding the two angels, Al-Munkar wa Al-Nakir, and what is known as Fitnatul Qabr, the trial of the grave. Any questions on that then? Before it gets? Allah creates the souls. All of the souls, they are created by Allah. And when that person is in the womb of the mother, then Allah allows the angel to take that soul into that person. Before that they are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah creates the soul and the angel takes it. There is no other detail about where they are, what they are. There is no other detail mentioned. But when the person is in the womb, that's when Allah sends the angel to blow that soul into that person, that baby. And that is after how many months? Four months of pregnancy. After the fourth month of pregnancy, the soul is blown into that baby. Absolutely. A baby might die, uh, meaning the pregnancy doesn't carry on before the soul is blown into that baby in the first month, the second month. And if that happens, then that means that baby died before the soul was even blown into it, which means you don't have to do janazah or anything. 
If a baby dies after one month or two months or three months in the womb, in the womb during the pregnancy before the soul is blown in, then you don't have to do any of the things. You don't do the aqiqah, you don't do the naming of the baby, you don't do the janazah. Only after four months, if it happens, now the soul has been blown in. Now you do the janazah, you can do uh, 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 the uh, procedures as normal. Babies that die, young babies or people or children that die before the age of the puberty we talked about. Some scholars, they say they'll go directly to paradise, yes? And others, they say they'll be given a test in the afterlife, a separate test in the afterlife. They will be given a separate trial in the afterlife. That's the same as the children who die before the age of puberty. There are some narrations that say they will be given a specific trial in the afterlife to judge where they go. Now the questioning is after they've been put into the grave and you bury them, then the questioning starts. The soul is out of the body and then it returns back to the body in the grave. Is there a specific place for what? Yeah, some scholars they say it will be this earth. On the day of judgment all of the mountains will be squashed. All of the valleys will become leveled and this will become a completely level ground everywhere no hills no valleys and then the people are going to be resurrected here and then allah comes to do the judgment between the people but other scholars they have an opinion that there is a separate ground somewhere where the people will have their accountability there are two opinions about that There are some hadith about people who are considered equivalent to martyrs in the rulings. About the person who is crushed by a building or in a fire or... There are certain examples of people who are equivalent to a martyr in the rulings. And so they would have those same kinds of rulings. Anybody else? Alright, we'll conclude upon that for today. By the way, remember one thing. Next week is cancelled, unfortunately. In two weeks' time. The next part about the punishment of the grave and the blessings of the grave, it will have to be in two weeks' time. Next Thursday I'm traveling. In two weeks' time, inshallah, remember that. We'll come back and we'll start the next class, inshallah.